welcome back everyone to everyone everybody knows everything everyone and everybody everybody does know everything. <laughs> we're here michelle and mandy um talking about signs and symbols and conversations and the way we can move in the world and it feels exciting to have this space to invite you in and invite us uh, toward you <laughs> in this virtual way thank you to everyone who continues to participate on our facebook page sending us messages um, offering us insights on what resonates with you what you'd like to hear about it's just so lovely to have that broader conversation in in pieces with you. So starting off on this, our eighth episode, I think. Really? I think this oh. is our number eight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Series one. Yes, that's right. <laughs> episode episode 1,216 <laughs> in series one. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> the oh language God. of our times. Oh, it's so funny. Every time I type in to upload one of these uh -huh. um, season or season, I guess, maybe oh. is what season oh, and episode. Right? Okay. It's like season one. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Will I ever type another number in there? I don't know. Is there any other season? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, oh, <laughs> always yeah. this curious oh, thing. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, we were talking about, speaking of folks who are chiming in and sharing about their experiences, we did have a listener write in with a specific request for a, a piece to cover today. And as Michelle and I were getting this together, we were, meaning we sat down and said, all right, here we go. <laughs> um, we said, oh yeah, the Mythbuster, the myth, the Popping the bubble, let's start with one of those today. And um, the question that came in, the, the conversation that was requested was around, was by Cassie Marshall, should say her name. Yay, Cassie. <sighs> yeah. Cassie, what thank a you. great human. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. And she was questioning about, uh, asking about sibling rivalry. Yep, she was. She gave some fun examples of that too. <laughs> My favorite one is she's looking at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the accusatory, yes, like, annoyed she tone. is. <laughs> As am I. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was very dear. Very oh. dear. And very real. And, and Cassie, um, I just want you to know that, that we are laughing. Um, and that we understand those moments. Oh gosh. Uh, and yes. honor those moments. The laughter yes. is a, from a place of deep recognition Absolutely. and solidarity. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Right. Sibling yeah. rivalry. Yes. yes. What do we do about that? <laughs> what yeah. happens in that moment? <laughs> and I think we posted a cartoon that I, I always think is so funny about handing out lightsabers <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> Here, here's a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> go duke no, that out. But it does, it, <laughs> I think that's really great because, I, you know, I know we're going to touch on this myth buster and then go to this, but just to plant the seed of thought that, you know, we do think of it as rivalry and that word is very loaded. And then we go to weaponry and, mm. you know, all joking aside, it 
it's it does feel unfriendly. Mm. So we're gonna yeah. we'll talk about that. And I know our you've got a great MythBuster for us, Mandy. So I'm oh, just gonna yeah. let you talk no. about that. Oh no, no, thanks for yeah. setting this because it also it also has that contentious feeling to it. Yeah, MythBuster. So yes, so especially because I have very little ones, a baby mm-hmm. and a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> who, yeah. A baby who's mobile now. Oh, gosh. In a big way. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. especially. So I can go take things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. two-year-olds. Oh, God bless yes. Ronan. Yes. He's learning that mm-hmm. <laughs> possibility. Mm-hmm. And the question, I see sometimes parents mm-hmm. struggling, and I myself have struggled with this sure. feeling of in a moment when, well, this whole idea around compulsory sharing. Yeah. We share, right? So we sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. I know. I know. I <laughs> so this this place of okay, what do you do? Or is it okay or not okay? Question marks. How do you handle when one child mm-hmm. is playing with something and another child approaches mm-hmm. and would also like to play with that toy? And the myth buster we wanted to explore was this idea that sometimes I can see because mm-hmm. parents are hoping to cultivate a sense of care and compassion in their children, mm-hmm. sort of this encouragement or, or forced practice of, well, you just hand the toy over. So mm-hmm. that child also wants to play with it. Mm-hmm. So you just give the child the toy mm-hmm. who wants it all of a sudden mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. a thing. And that's considered a virtuous practice. And in a lot of, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Lots of folks. I mean, we've attached a lot of virtuous um, meaning to that act. Yes. Okay. As if that's the, um, I don't want to put words on anything for folks, but it seems like, well, that's the compassionate or the caring, as you said, thing to right. do, to exactly. hand it over. That's the, like, that's the virtue of that's the virtue. charity and giving. Absolutely. And I just want to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. Oh, yes. No, that's, that seems to be sort of the, you know, the question mark, I think. But, Mm -hmm. but what I see often happening, and I myself Mm -hmm. experience the sense of, well, of course, then the Mm -hmm. child who has to just immediately hand it over, Mm -hmm. there's sort of a resistance. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Yeah, I Mm -hmm. was just here playing with this thing. And now... Now I'm sort of out of, mm-hmm. well, you know, and I can imagine in the child's experience, mm-hmm. I'm sort of out of nowhere. Now I'm supposed to hand over the thing I'm using or I was immersed mm-hmm. in using. And so mm-hmm. I can see parents struggling with that. Well, wait, I know that I want to cultivate a caring, compassionate, you know, spirit in my child, that virtue of mm-hmm. care. But now I see that when I do this, there's a resistance and it doesn't seem, you know, there's not really an internal Mm-hmm. rising up to that you know mm-hmm. so how do I is it is that the best way to handle things I think is the mythbuster question mm-hmm. is that what we do mm-hmm. is sharing in that way mm-hmm. or that practice mm-hmm. truly caring yeah oh boy so <clears throat> yeah this sorry is, this is a big no no, <laughs> big. no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's fine it's fine it's 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 when I say oh boy it's because I think it's one of the tougher ones for people to give up. Um, it's it's really goes deep into the idea of if if we go back to the very beginning of our conversations when we both said so. Anytime these things come up, you know, 
the first look is at what we believe about it. Mm. You know, what, yes. what, what do I know and believe about this topic? Yes. So something that I would say as a first step for any parent or care teacher, whoever is trying to work with this notion of access to resources, that's what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. We're, you know, we're talking about, um, this perceived notion that there's a limit to resources and and there's a lot of there's a lot of grappling that that we can all do around that um and we've all had our own experiences as children with that um so i think that you know i don't think you need to go to psychotherapy about it (laughs) you know i don't think and i don't mean to sound like that what i mean is to say is is this a trigger for you is this a button for you You know, from what I have found in over the years that I've been working professionally with parents and care teachers is that very often it is. Mm. As soon as I ask that question, there's a look of recognition that comes over people that says, oh, yeah, this is a big one for me. Yeah, Mm. there's something there. So that's really important to understand always. And. Even as an adult, you might feel, if you're, for example, if you're living from paycheck to paycheck, you know, you're feeling the lack of access to resources. And to one degree or another in our culture right now, we all are. Yes. You know, there's only a very few number of people that have complete access to resources anymore. So, you know, that's an interesting thing for adults to think about. So if you move into this practical notion, though, about sharing with children that's not so esoteric, it, you know, there has been historically this idea that if you're a good boy or girl or a good person, um, as we're going to go into the talk about pronouns yes. and, and identity today, yes. um, that you share. And... You know, that's a tough one. Should we share what we have? Um, I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, When we're two or three or four, you know, when you're very young, um, you're developing your ability to invest and commit in an activity. So that's something to think about, too, when you think about this myth of compulsory sharing. So what does compulsory sharing do? Well, um, it implies that you, no matter what your level of commitment is, when your time is up, it's up. Mm. And so this constant disruption of your ability to commit to an activity and interaction with a certain material um, trains the brain to not commit it, it, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon because, you know, if, if your commitment is to a stick in the natural world mm-hmm. and somebody else wants a stick, it's a non, it's a non-issue. <laughs> there are sticks. There are abounding. sticks. Right. 
So a Ooh. lot of this sharing has wow. to do with playrooms uh. more than it does play spaces. Wow. Yeah. So that's something to think about too. Yes. Is um, and and as care teachers, we're always told, you know, have ten thousand of the one thing, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. But we mm-hmm. feel the lack of resources because we don't have a budget for that. Oh, sure. I can't, as a teacher, I can't buy. And and on any given day, it's going to be the blue crayon that oh, everybody sure. wants. Yes. Oh darn! I purchased the pink because yesterday it was that. Absolutely. You know, so you're always so this anticipation of material interest and consumerism is all woven into this idea of children sharing in play spaces. So it's all woven together in this really odd sort of way. (sighs) And so what I would say is that we should all give ourselves permission to not enforce that, to not force Mm -hmm. children to share. So on a very practical level, let's... I think there's some simple things you can just do at home or in your classroom. Okay. I think it's harder in your classroom, but it can be done. But at home, what I would say is, you know, that each child should have things they don't ever have to share, ever, 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 with anybody. Mm, Yeah. You know, um under any circumstances. And that takes real will on the part of the parent. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to say, to, to, to yeah. And, yeah. and I, I remember one time I was with my grandson. He was probably three and there was a family in a playground, on a playground. And I don't remember what it was that Jackson was playing with. I can't recall, but it was, Something that the other two or three kids seemed to covet. Oh, sure. Uh, And the mother, and they had things to play with. And the mother was really upset with me because they said her child came over and yanked it out of Jackson's hand. Now, this is really interesting when you think about compulsory sharing. This child came over and yanked this particular object out of Jackson's hand. Jackson looked at me totally stunned. And this child said, you need to share that. And I thought, now this is an interesting version of compulsory sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Is this where it leads? You know, I really, it caused me to pause. Wow. And I said Mm. to, to Jackson, do you want to share that? And he said, no. And I said, I need you to give it back to him. It's his. He wants it back. And the mother said, well, we share at our house. And I said to her very gently, what your child just did is not even the conventional notion of sharing. Taking something from another child is not that child sharing it. Yes. You know, and and, it, and she was very wobbly about that. She really was unhappy with that response from me. Mm. And... You know, I thought about that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining you all out there, if you're listening and thinking about compulsory sharing, you're thinking, do I really have it in me to not make my child be nice? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, you know, even with 
all of these years of telling people that compulsory sharing is is ridiculous i still you know felt internally that i had to steel myself to really do what i know in my heart is what i want to do sure yeah so i think that um you give yourself permission to really say that we're not going to enforce sharing yeah and then you also have things that maybe you have like a box or a bag or something and your children can put things in there when they feel like oh i could share that today mm, you know yeah. that would be okay to you know put in the bag that anything goes Oh, you know, sweet. and so that they start to develop this internal rhythm of what do I feel like I can share and what do I want to keep for myself yes. that I don't have to share. So wow. I think that um, the, this idea of sharing is also about turn taking. And I think there are things kids can learn to take a turn on, like a public space, a slide. A sure. Swing, that okay. sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And I think if we say to young children, if you get on the swing, this is a swing for all children to use because it's at a park. Sure. So if another child comes along after you have a turn and wants a turn, you'll have to get off. Sure. I think that's okay. Yeah. You know? Sure. So I think there's this also you sort of lend children this idea that some things are public spaces. And that you just slowly introduce that idea. And I think there's also a, a place for um, saying to young children that want to turn with something, you know, to say, um, when you're finished. Sure. Right? So here's yes. what I want everybody to anticipate when they shift gears on this, if you decide to, is that if you've had a, a history of having compulsory sharing, when you start to empower kids to say, when you're finished, it'll be her turn, you can expect that they will take a much longer turn than they really want, just mm. to see. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you just kind of have to ride that wave. Yeah. And then model it also. You yeah. know, if there's partners living in the home, how do you all share you know, how, who makes the decisions about what happens, you know, it, when you turn on the television at night. If you decide sure. to do that, whose show do you watch, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, or how do you share a car or, or anything that's a shared item in the home? Yeah. So, give yourself permission to, to not enforce that sharing, but yes. also let kids kind of explore the, the idea what yeah. are the things that I don't really care if somebody uses sure and what are the things that I really do care that's so helpful yeah and that could change you know helpful. over a matter of hours with young children <laughs> oh sure yeah no, never mind that's coming out of the bag <laughs> I, I never said you could use that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. helpful to think that you know, there's there's this spectrum and yes. range of possibilities right. in right. different contexts to yeah. try and learn and yes. explore that idea right. so it cultivates yeah. a different set of expectations right. about 
right. the boundaries and resources. That's right. I will be pondering that yeah. piece about resources for yeah. some time. You can also do something with, with, you can say to two or three kids who want to do something, and there's only one of that thing. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, we've got one thing. There's three people that want to use it. How are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And again, I go back to the, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, the idea of having in your home or your care teaching space a peacemaking table. A oh, table yes. where everybody sits and makes decisions like that. Mm. And, you know, what I found is young children, you know, they have that sense of justice and they get to play that out. Yeah. You know, but it, it's, I really think this generation will grapple with this in a really different way. Just also remember that there are spaces where sharing is a non-issue for young children to be. Yeah. Those are the places where there's, you know, you're mostly outdoors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or art materials, you know. Sure, sure. You know, there's, anyway. That's so fascinating to think about. Oh. Well, thank you. Thanks for diving thank you. into that. Isn't it a great? It's a great question. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I mean, great for as you yeah. know, we always say for the grown-ups <laughs> ourselves yeah, to be thinking about too. Yeah. I think about it a lot, actually. Yeah. This new conversation about compulsory sharing. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it segues so lovely it does. into <laughs> the, the whole conversation around. <laughs> You know, uh, well, okay, so we're not really even talking about a thing anymore or about sharing, mm-hmm. but like you said, she's looking at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy, what right. do we do about that? <laughs> yeah. So Cassie had this great question about sibling rivalry. And so, again, always ask yourself, was I an only child? Did I have six brothers and sisters? You know, did I have all brothers? Did I have all sisters? What was that like for me? Hmm. And what what did it mean in the space where I grew up? Yes. And, and then you can, you know, that can be helpful. Because you might be having, you know, a response that's really different than the one you experienced as a child. You know, because you really don't want, you're trying to make a different choice sure. about how to respond. And sometimes that leads you down a path that leads you to respond the same way because you become exasperated and, you know, you're trying to be somebody who you didn't grow up to be and it, you know, gets really muddy. So think about that a little bit. Um, But just some very practical things to think about is that, you know, we think of sibling rivalry as a, we call it a rivalry. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of set ourselves up to understand it as a win-lose situation and and whenever there's a you know win-lose situation it's it's always dicey Mm, (laughs) with young children for sure you know because teaching young children to lose which could be a whole other podcast um (laughs) but that win-lose feeling between two human beings um is pretty powerful medicine. It's it mm. it's a big dose, and you're really young to swallow it. Yeah, you know. So, what is it that's going on, really? Um, <laughs> the simplest way to look at it is to say that 
you know, your brothers and sisters, your brothers, your sisters, however, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, gender wise and or non gender wise, depending on what you're doing at home. Um, it's all okay. It's all valid. I'm just using the pronouns. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Words. Um, so I just want everybody to feel included in the conversation. So regardless, if you have more than one child in your home, um, they are going to interact with one another. It's unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you can't count on. <laughs> that is the end of the story. That's the end of the story right there. They are going to interact with one another. Nothing you can do about it. And the nature of that interaction will include everything they experience. Hear, see, feel, intuit, all of it. Some people uh, believe that you're... People who, uh, you know, subscribe to the idea that there are past lives... Um, and if you don't, you can stop listening for one sentence and then we'll go on. <laughs> but people who subscribe to the idea that there are past lives would say that, you know, uh, your sister could have been your father in another life. I mean, it, it can have endless possibilities, right? Yes, sure. And I'll, I will say that when you start to observe young children in your home interacting through that lens, it kind of all does make sense. <laughs> Oh my God! So I'll just leave that there because yes. that's a, if that's a practical suggestion for everybody that gets them through the day. I'll leave it oh, there. Oh sure. So we'll oh go gosh. on then from there and say this. And it's also true that people who subscribe to the idea of past lives would say, "Yeah, but that's a past life. It's it's you know the young child is emerging out of that and needs to say yes to this one." Mm. So either way, we need to say yes to each other now, yes. the way it is now. Sure. Okay. So, um, what does that look like? Well, you know, you, my mother, my father, my grandmother, my aunt, my guardian, whoever is my um, caregiver, um, provides me with certain information about the universe. Mm. Yeah. And then it all plays out between me and the person that's about the same size as me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Just and that oh, starts. Yeah. And usually, when I say that to parents, they go, "Oh, <laughs> gotcha." No need to say more. <laughs> yeah. No. But and that can be really wonderful. Oh, sure. You know, so I don't mean it as a negative at all. Oh no. You can look at it and say, "Okay, it's really good sometimes," and then other times, it, it there's something else. Well, what is that really about? So there's this feature of early childhood called emotional regulation. Mm, sure. And okay. young children have none of it. They have no real ability yet sure. to monitor or manage what they're feeling. Sure. Doesn't that just explain everything? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so you're having these feelings. You're with this other person on the planet in your home. And sometimes it's wonderful and sometimes it's something else. <laughs> And then you start to say and do things, and then the, the caregiver in the space responds. And then that becomes the dance, mm. right? So, sure. so the, and the parent can feel, am I paying more attention to this child or that child? Or, you know, sure. Then the tension starts to emerge inside of 
the caregiver. So it's yes. this, it's very complex. And the more we stay out of their business, the better. Mm. And <laughs> what I feel like parents have a hard time doing is they, they really feel, or, and care teachers, they really feel they have to step in before somebody gets hurt. Yes, I can relate to this feeling. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Exactly, yeah. And so that's a fine line. And what does it mean? What does it look like when you step in? What is that about, right? Is it conflict mediation or is it decision making about what's going to happen? Yeah. And again, you have this peacemaking table or this peacemaking space, whatever you want to. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a table, yes. it could be a beanbag chair. But it's just. But I think identifying a space for this to happen is really important because what you'll find is young children will learn to take it there. Mm, they will yeah. on their own take it there, uh, and then you're in, then you really have a different relationship to conflict. Um, so, out of that conflict emerges a lot of learning for young children and a a lot of help with emotional regulation. I was feeling this and then this happened and it's not conscious. It's all wrapped up in sort of this very imaginative space, mm. you know, where yeah. anything can happen. So it, it's very big for yeah. young children and it, can, it can't really be reduced to a rivalry. It's more about what they're feeling and experiencing than an actual interaction. It's not limited yeah. to that interaction. And I think that things like she's looking at me and, and those kinds of things that, that children say to each other, yes. you can, I think if you can get yourself to do one of two things, you'll, you'll feel differently. They yeah. won't, they're going to experience the same thing. <laughs> they're doing their, they're doing what they do. If you can either not say anything and trust me, if you've been saying something and you stop saying something, it will escalate. Mm. So be yeah. prepared for that. Things always escalate and then they settle back down. If you can hang in while they escalate and, and they trust, okay, no matter how loudly I say this, or how many times I say this, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> and then they can breathe again. Oh, yeah. yeah. So okay. if you can do that. And then the second thing would be to say, um, um, is this something, you know, if you really feel like, okay, this needs a conversation, you can say this is something we can talk about and then say when that talk is going to happen. As a parent, you can take control of that situation. And, um, you know, I think those two things in the moment can, can be helpful. And then when you sit down, they talk and you listen. If they're older kids, they, they could talk it through. Right? Yeah. But if okay. you feel it as a tug on you, your best response is no response because the, the, they may not actually be having anything going on between them. It may actually between you, be between you and them. <laughs> That's very interesting to consider. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about my own household, for sure. So there's this beautiful little treat 
mm. that I want I want to offer to and, and and please do not think this is like a dose of medicine you will take and then all conversations about who's looking at who will end. <laughs> So, um, oh, by the way, actually, there's a third response, and that's a humorous one. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you can think of something funny to say about it, by all <laughs> means. Not sort of malicious in nature, yes. not making fun of the child or the situation, but just humor. Yeah. Right? Pop that bubble, Pop sort of. Some, yeah. Well, anyway, so this, so if you can get candles, you know, they don't have to be any special kind of candle. Um, and if everybody can sit in this space that you've designated for peace, mm. you know, and even the youngest of children, so even babies, <laughs> and and have one candle for each child in the space, and you you can do it chronologically. You say, you know, let's do Oak and Ronan and yeah. Griffin. So. You and Robbie, who are their parents, would say, you know, when Oak was born, and then you light the candle and you say, we had this light of love that for Oak. And we were so blessed and, you know, whatever you say. Then yeah. we, and then Ronan came. And we had this light for Ronan. Mm. And then Griffin came and we had this light for Griffin. And the more light we had the brighter we all shine yeah nobody's light diminishes anyone else's nobody in this house has a smaller light mm. everybody has that their flame yes and nobody can change that oh you know and I think that message of, and maybe there's some weeks where you're doing that 30 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. But I think that young children can really take in the power of that visual. Yes. Right? And, <sighs> I, and I've talked to parents who have done that and said that it's over time it really started to make a difference because what they found themselves doing in tough moments was you know I said if you if you can't light a candle put your hand on your child's heart and your heart oh. you know and say this flame this candle or this light is is yours nobody can do anything about it and you know me having this light for Ronan does nothing to Oaks it do, it doesn't and it doesn't oh gosh I'm brought to tears because of just the beauty of that mm -hmm. visual mm -hmm. and that message yeah and I've had parents come to tears whenever I do that there's always tears many people say ah, but I never got that how can I give it oh I didn't feel that as I felt my parents loved my brother more you know, and if you ask the parent, they would probably say, yep, true. Mm. I think parents grapple with mm. feeling more of a, you know, I think you don't have that. Mandy, you don't have that. But there are parents who may be listening right now and saying, huh, 
And I've had fathers in particular come to me privately and say, you know, that's a tough one for me. Mm. You know, I don't really feel that. And, you know, I would say behave your way into it. Mm. Light the candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there. It can be a journey you both go on. You know. So I hope that is helpful. It just, I don't know. I feel really that that's actually the best thing you could do mm. is that. And I also think yeah. if you stop compulsory sharing, I yeah. think you might see some of this dissipate also. But And then also get comfortable with these conflicted interactions. Yes. This is, you know, it's, it's how I try out what happened at school today. Or it, it, you, you have to have somewhere to go with this, these, emo these feelings. For sure. And they're going to go to the closest person who's most like you in other ways. Size. Sure. And, you know, it, it's the safest space. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful encouragement for me, thinking about the conflicts look different between each set of Mm -hmm. siblings or each pair of the mm -hmm. three siblings I should say but mm -hmm. just that sense of uh, I really what will be the take home for me in particular is mm -hmm. the before someone gets hurt yeah. <laughs> piece yeah. of it yeah. I can feel my own triggers and I know everyone will have different sorts of mm -hmm. relationships but I can feel that sense of when there's a power dynamic, maybe, like the bigger one, mm -hmm. sort of taking advantage mm -hmm. of, you know, mm -hmm. using that advantage, I should say, mm -hmm. um, and or mm -hmm. there suddenly becomes a kind of physicality to it. Sure. I can feel myself, mm -hmm. well, if I don't step in, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to belittle that sense, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, I can sort of also look at it sometimes, and especially my partner, we have different things mm -hmm. in the interactions that sort of... <laughs> sort of, sure. you know, push a button and those are not his. So my partner will say, you know, I, well, maybe just another minute, you know, just another minute. What would happen if we just waited another minute? <laughs> you know, so it's, I have at least that accountability, but mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that sense of relinquishing all of that. I mean, mm -hmm. so there's place for all that grappling, but relinquishing that to get to that heart, mm -hmm. that light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just the, the, the understanding that it's all part of their processing with each other. Yes. And that it's their relationship with each other. Mm. And for the most part, that's, it, it, that's a lot that's theirs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's hard to stay out of it sometimes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, it is. And there's an yeah. art to knowing when to step in, and we shouldn't expect ourselves to have perfected that. Mm. We'll learn, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we can say to kids, you know, I shouldn't have gotten involved in that. Yeah. That's for you all to figure out. Mm. And I trust that you will. And that's the other message that kids don't get when we step in all the time or yes. feel like it's our responsibility. 
is we are we are sending a message with older kids, and by older I mean kindergarten and up, that we don't trust them to handle it. Mm. And that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, thank you for this one. Oh my God! Thank you. Isn't it a great topic? Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, and it really—it's funny how you know things come at certain times. So yeah. I was very grateful. While this wasn't necessarily at the top of the list in my brain, yeah. then when she, when Cassie, you mentioned it, you sent the message asking about it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, please, let's talk about this." So yeah. thank you, Michelle. Yeah. And oh. I really, I can't wait to hear what Cassie says. I know. <laughs> what do you think about this? What yeah. What does everybody and everybody think? Yeah. Yeah. What other questions yeah. come up? What What yeah. resonates? Do you try? Will you try the candles? Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to see I'm going to yeah. see how I can yeah. integrate something yeah. like that because yeah. I think yeah, that seems like something that would resonate yeah. in my home. So, yeah. I'm That's a beautiful one, isn't it? Oh. I can't remember where I got it, but it it's served many people well. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, thank you to whoever gave that idea to me a million <laughs> years ago. It, it wasn't mine. <laughs> oh. Well, I know we have you know, we'll have more conversations Absolutely. this month. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about weaving in pieces about Women's History Month and mm -hmm. conversations around gender and young children and mm -hmm. all of these. So I have a feeling, especially when we were talking about brothers and sisters, <laughs> in quotation yes. marks, you know, siblings, yes. Yes. how does, how, I mean, I, what I said to Michelle right before we started recording was, some t I, I have wondered about mm -hmm. how differently sometimes people can approach if there are two sisters, for mm -hmm. example, in conflict, mm -hmm. in, sub in a rivalry, yes. as opposed to, for yes. example, two of my boys, and any, two, any, any combination of two of my sons, there's a very different dynamic, too, that happens in all mm -hmm. of that. So there's so much more to unpack. There is, yeah. And I, I, I would love to hear from people. If, and, and I think that when you think about these, quote, you know, these rivalries or relationships, you could add to the mix for next time, you know, what are the stereotypes and gender yes. roles that, that cause us to respond to those interactions differently? Yes. You know, if a boy and a girl are interacting in a way and the boy is becoming physical mm. what does that trigger for us so i think that's another conversation for sure. but definitely as we look at this month of history again we'll be talking about that yes yeah so, you're right I, anyway there's so much to think about there is <laughs> there is which is why it, i think it is truly helpful to hear what's on people's minds and I hearts too. in a specific way yeah so thank yeah. you for sharing Please do keep sharing. Let us know. What would you like to hear more specifically about next time? And we'll look forward to Absolutely. having that conversation. Yeah. Thanks again, Cassie. <sighs> Thank you, Cassie. <laughs> Putting my hand on my heart. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and reaching out to everyone, hoping that some light finds you today. <laughs>